This is Justin Arnett Graham. This is Nariba Shepard. And this is, is Terms, Terms of Service. Service. That was, that was nice. That was Listen, nice. that I, was think, nice. I think that waking nice. up at the crack of ass in the morning is the move. <laughs> Just you know, kidding. I, I don't get it. I no. feel like it is. I feel like it is a move versus the move. You okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm open to doing it again. I don't know if I'm open to doing it instantly. But I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. Ashley's hitting us with a thumbs down in the corner. Okay, it was got pretty it. great. So, <laughs> yeah, so full thumbs down on yeah. that. But again, I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. Nuiba, how are you? Um, I am feeling a little crazy right now. Okay. But I think it's because of being awake since five. That's fair. And it's now after noon. This is fair. Or, or close to noon. No, it's it's 12.07. Okay, got it. it. So it's afternoon. now afternoon. We're yes. in the afternoon time. Okay, um, so, but yeah. I'm excited for today. Same. Because it's wine day. Yes, it's champagne day. Yes. Actually. Specifically. we have our dude here. Please introduce yourself, sir. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? I'm Philippe Andre, also known as Nixam. Uh, thanks for coming through. Yep. Yes. This makes me so happy because one, I love you mm-hmm. and you know this mm-hmm. and we've known each other for a while. Been been through the through the through the wire. Absolutely. Yeah, through through mm-hmm. the wire and over international waters together. <laughs> what? Where'd you guys go together? So we were going separately. Yes. But then we ended up being on the same flight, connecting like full like you know kind of itinerary sharing Mm -hmm. on our way to cuba specifically havana yes Yes. (laughs) yeah it was it was amazing and another random but brilliant fact is there's like no cell phone service like we we, yeah we 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 know this Mm -hmm. as just you know visitors and so there are pockets of would you say questionable wi-fi Correct. Yeah, and so it was maybe two days into into the trip. We were, well, myself separately was at this like hotel somewhere, and I just happened to look to the side, and I see this man walking through the lobby of the same hotel. We didn't coordinate any of this, and I mean it's. Cuba. It yeah, it's Cuba. It, it was, was meant to be. So meant to be. Mm-hmm. And we ended up having this beautiful rooftop dinner just in in Havana. And it was amazing. Well, what was that? That, that, that little doesn't little do Spanish it justice. I know, I know. So that, I'm gonna, that does not do it justice. I know. So like, um, I need you to help me paint this Bob Ross pictures picture. on the gram. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just. But, yo, when are we going back? <laughs> when will they let us? When will they let us? Actually. Yeah. Going, 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 going. Oh. Can <laughs> we do that? Are we allowed to keep that sample, please? So Nariba always wants to sing. And... You know, we'll figure it out. No, but just do do what you feel, and we'll we'll figure I it out. I just want to be free, <laughs> but I can't because we ain't got no money. But you know, yet. we're gonna we're gonna figure we're gonna figure it out. You know, those licensing fees, uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, mm, so hard. it's all good. So thank you so much for joining us. We we talk about a whole bunch of shit today, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. specifically, you know, kind of shedding a light within the wine perspective of the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. And you, my friend, are such 
not only a personality, not only such an identity, but a force within the industry that I just want to just want to get into it. Yeah. And also drink some champagne but and also, some spirit free offerings as well. Um, Before we go too far into this. Yeah. People have heard me butcher this name <laughs> every Same. other episode. <laughs> so I need for you to say it out loud so that it could never happen again. Yes, so my name is Philippe Andre. And you represent whom? Charles Heitzig Champagne. One more time at the end there. Charles Heitzig Champagne. Heitzig. 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 Okay, yes. cool. Thank you so much. I will put that in there and oh. it will never leave. Um, but my second question is, when were you born? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm an 84 baby. Yeah. Now we need the date. So mm-hmm. so I'm January 27th of 1984. That Ooh, high Aquarius yes. energy. Aquarius. It makes sense. Let's yes. Go. Let's go, y'all. Yes, yes. I like yes. to call them Aquarius cuz I feel like they're the Aries <laughs> of air signs, but yeah. that's just me being an Aries. Um yes. So everything uh, speaks of Aquarii. Uh, 110%. So thank you for repping with the ones and twos and also like doing what you're doing and like bringing a different sense of what being a psalm or being amongst the wine people, mm-hmm. um, you're doing it differently than we are used to seeing it. And that's very Aquarius energy, my friend. Yeah. Thank so. you. Thank you so much. It means the world to hear that. Um, you know, I I, uh, I saw and I've seen how it's been done for a long time. And um, I, I had a lot of privilege growing up and my parents encouraging me to be myself and giving me a platform to be proud of being different. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm here for it, you yeah. know, and and, uh, and we're here for it. Right. You. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So let's go. Yeah. So. Let's start from the beginning. Where where are you from, friend? Yeah, born and raised in Evanston, Illinois, about twenty miles uh, north of Chicago. Um, yeah, so it's it's where it all started. Um, my father, my biological biological father, was from Haiti. Um, he passed away when I was very young, but my mother met my stepfather, who is the chef and owner of Oceanique Restaurant in Evanston. Beautiful. So um, I grew up with a chef or a pops and wine and cuisine was always like that's like our religion so Mm -hmm. every sunday our restaurant was closed and instead of going to church we were going to restaurants you know so different um, sunday service Mm -hmm. it it literally is like that's what i grew up on and um it's just uh it's part of my identity in our culture as a family hell yeah yep look at these caribbean bodies sitting here (laughs) being all caribbean right (laughs) (laughs) i'm just you know Always looking for a fun slip of my accent into the regular situation going on here today. Thank you so much for bringing it out. Uh, There we go. You know. Um, Okay. And so like growing up with your like Sunday service restaurant journeys, um, where would you say the line started to blur between family and this being part of like what you want to do? Yeah, so um, I uh, I went to school to play sports and realized quickly that that wasn't the right place for me. Um, 
uh, that was one of the first moments where I ever experienced like brutal uh, racism. Mm. And it was really hard to go through that um, in that setting. I, I literally walked away from my love, which was sport, um, because I didn't feel welcome and I didn't feel mm. supported or safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that changed my world. And I it took me years to, to look back and think about that. You know, as a, as a college student, I was a freshman. And here there was a situation that happened and then I, I didn't know what to do other than walk away from it. So I came back from school and, you know, I needed to get a job and my parents were like, look, if you're going to live here, you got to work. And so they put me to work at the restaurant, which I had worked at on and off throughout my, um, my young adulthood. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, I think I was 11 the first time I worked at the restaurant. Maybe. I mean, a lot of that going um, on. So, you that. know, born into it, it just takes a whole nother level, but what I loved about the experience and my time working at the restaurant when I was very young or, and more importantly, at the very beginning of my professional career is that I didn't have anyone really judging me mm-hmm. and I had an opportunity to really be myself and more importantly, you know, work with the team and, and learn. And my pops invited me to start tasting wine with him after service. So he would, he was the buyer. Um, so he's the chef, owner, accountant dishwasher, <laughs> wine buyer, wow. um, you know, sommelier all at the same time while working the line every single That's night. That's some like OG <laughs> chef shit. I yeah. know. I right? know that. Life. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it just gives you a little glimpse into what I grew up with mm-hmm. because a lot of chefs don't understand wine and a lot of chefs are intimidated by wine. Mm-hmm. But my pops is like, yo, wine has to be a part of our experience because for me to offer the best dinner, I have to have comparable wine yeah. at the same time. So, this was my my teacher and more importantly he let me you know kind of run with it and i found myself after probably a good year or so of tasting with him late night while i was bussing tables and you know hosting and doing valet that mm-hmm. i felt confident that i could speak what i was experiencing on my palate um and asking questions of the you know the importer or the distributor or the winemaker mm-hmm. and next thing i know i'm on the beach like reading about wine all day long <laughs> Yeah. And it's consumed me. I literally was reading about wine, going to wine shows, wine tastings, doing everything I could to absorb this information that was so fascinating to me. And um, I saw the restaurant and like the service aspect of it as a way for me to connect with people and use wine as a language, like a love language, essentially, mm-hmm. of hospitality. Hot damn. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that a lot. I will say that I didn't know shit about wine until I started working in Chicago because up until that I was ride or die with my homeboy Carlo Rossi in that jug out here and um size matters you know you know and my whole thing was like in college my thing was like if it comes in a glass bottle it's better question mark um so when I got into Food in Chicago, I like stumbled into fine dining and everyone was like, wine this, wine that. And I'm like, I like uh, Captain Morgan and I, 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 I read. That's like where I was. Um, and then after eight years of working in the city, I feel like I've come full circle where I appreciate really good wine. But I'm also like, but you see they got the mini jugs of Carlo Rossi. (laughs) 
or like box wine. We've come full circle. I live with a mom and two children, so we're we're now box wine people again. Because I'm fair. on a budget. Well, and I also feel like you can, you know, you have to be able to know what bad wine is to mm-hmm, appreciate mm-hmm, good we all, wine. We all started somewhere. Right. You know? You know? And no shade on that either. I mean, I think... Oh, yeah. um, just just because you know your route of entry is different than others doesn't mean that you're not on all the same path and i think that's a lot of issues that i have with our industry that i saw at an early age is that there was this exclusivity that was so pretentious and so um off-putting mm-hmm. that i wanted to dismantle it and i wanted to say no we're mm-hmm. we're here for the love of it now we're not here to talk down to people and so whether you start with your boy Carlo or you start with that yellow tail, Ooh. yo, I mean, just it's a start, right? And yeah. we all are putting in that work. You want to learn about yourself through the glass. Mm-hmm. Nothing better you can do than pick up a glass and try. Exactly. Um, that's where we start. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, and since you, we're getting started. Do you want to talk? Okay. So I got you. Um, Right in front of us, we have a lovely take on a French 75 NA, my dudes, featuring our uh, buddies over at Athletic Brewing with their golden ale, Mm -hmm. um, paired with a NA Chardonnay, vanilla extract, and forest carbonated. Finished with our uh, other homeboys over at Ritual. Ritual Beverage. Ritual Beverage. Yep, right here in Chicago. Um, With a little... uh, what is this called? Like a expression? Yeah, lemon expression, a lemon twill, if you will. Oh. Yes. Flag. 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 Oh, I'm like, let your flag fly high. Um, it is one. refreshing and delightful. And I love the texture too. It's like slippery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is mm. yep. it's fizzy it's really yet smooth. It's it's and giving the acidity <laughs> is it's not acidic but it has that citrus like mm. presence mm. the oil is doing enough yeah. and i think that it's shocking that there's beer in here mm-hmm. i do spirit free beer mm. in here mm. damn so mm. all right shout out ashley christine of garnet for another delicious creation doing Boom. it thank you all right well I guess the base question is, what do we need to know about wine? Oh, man. I, I, think, I mean, uh, yeah, let's just start I know there, that's right? a big base question. <laughs> how, much, how much time you got? How much time is on that memory card, Max? I, <laughs> Not enough. Uh, we only have 32 hours. <laughs> okay, got it. Okay, so, yeah. So, hour Begin. number one. Um, <laughs> yeah. What we need to know about wine is that it's made by people. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage everybody to do the work to research as to who those people are and support folks that you enjoy and that you want to celebrate. Um, I think that's where it all starts. This is a man-made product that, yes, there is, a, you know, many people would say divine intervention into it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, there these wines and more importantly, the product is built on the backs of people who are hardworking and passionate. And um, do do yourself a favor to find those people out. And support them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I I just want to like go to people want to travel all over the world, and I just want to like go to places that are known for their wines to mm-hmm. be a basic bitch. <laughs> and 
like and that's okay i yeah, like okay, okay. so yeah. no i yeah. want to like to go and learn the things but i also want to wear like a big hat and walk around um <laughs> a vineyard mm-hmm. and ask a million questions and be mistaken for an american like <laughs> that's what i want to do and i think that that only happened because i learned so much about wine from doing tastings and okay secondary question what is proper tasting etiquette Proper tasting etiquette is not to spill and to um, make sure that all the wine makes it into your mouth. Um, yeah. Because people are out here like spitting stuff out and I didn't know you were supposed to be doing that the first like nine wine tastings that I had. Yep. I so, just say do how, do how you feel. I just ended up you know? at White Castle a lot. So what, <laughs> what I recommend, and this is something my pops told me back in the day, is try everything first, like mm-hmm. a little sip, and then... When you like what you like, go back and drink more of that. Okay. So don't try to drink like a whole glass of every wine, um, especially when you're in an environment where you have like 10 or 20 wines. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not possible right. in my opinion, but try everything, you know, ask questions about the wines. Try to Try to remember one thing about that wine that is different for you or something that you didn't know about. And I think of it either like the history, where it's from, or how it tastes to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very visual learner, so I like to take pictures of bottles just so I can remember. Um, and then if I want to do the research, I'll go and look it up. Mm-hmm. But I think I think ultimately it's moderation. And then let's go and find the one that you really compels you to have another sip. Mm. I like I like this. I just want to take like a minute or two to sort of like make wine seem less scary to a lot of people because a lot of people are intimidated by how much knowledge there is about like wine and champagne and i i think that it's better for someone who is a professional to be giving that information before we slip into like the deeper the deeper yeah yeah i mean i think um we're we're in an age where the consumer and I think people, our society craves information. Um, there's so much detail about wine in terms of how it's made, where it's from, and why is it different. Um, for instance, in Champagne, where our winery is, there's a long list. It's like a phone book of how to make wine in the region legally. Um, now, that seems very overarching and very draconian. That Those rules are there to make sure the quality level is really high. Mm-hmm. And there's still, within all those rules a lot of ways to fuck up and there's a lot of ways to do your own thing so i think what's incredible about our industry is it very much is a canvas for an artist and for someone's you know passion and history and that's that's being defined in a glass every time you open the bottle Mm -hmm. and that's it you know snap snap snaps like all 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 of that i'll say that my my experience within the wine world was just, you know, enthusiast, mm-hmm. <laughs> to say to say the least. I began really, you know, acknowledging the craftsmanship and the passion and the integrity behind wine when I was in the Michelin starred world. And but but I will say because you know that's such a institutional pillar that we're all familiar with the way that the information and the education was presented was always that of 
of privilege. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it should be, you know, thank you. Thank you for asking, but you're, you're welcome Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. to tell you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was able to kind of navigate that because I was within it, but outside of, of that community, I wouldn't even know where, where, where to begin. And just being, being within, you know, the trade show environment and being able to talk to the representatives of these wines or specifically the winemakers from these brands and these estates, it was wildly eye opening Mm -hmm. because anytime I remembered that brand or that estate, I thought of that person. Yep. Yep. And there's that disconnect between like the hospitality industry and the community and the culture as a whole. Yeah. So for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, you could say that knowledge is power and there's, there's definitely, um, value in these, um, these nuggets that you pick up as a professional. Um, what I always was, disheartened by is to your point the consumer is lost mm-hmm. yeah. and you could have somebody um go to the store and spend forty dollars fifty dollars on a bottle of wine get home open it and, and be it. like this is trash yep yeah um and i got got yeah and then now they're like well i'm just gonna have a beer or i'm gonna make a cocktail yeah and now we've lost that person right. who deserves to have their place in the wine universe right, right. Mm-hmm. so as a professional i found it you know, as like my duty mm-hmm. <laughs> to help open people's minds to things that they didn't even know they liked mm-hmm. or more importantly that like they didn't, they didn't even know were available or out there. And so, yes, we had the ultimate privilege of being able to meet the, you know, the producers and the importers. Um, and so that's why I think it's so important that professionals speak up about, you know, their experiences and more importantly, what, what is exciting to them to hopefully encourage others to explore on their own, not just to rep and, and, and like totally like grow a community around a specific wine or region, but to encourage other people's exploration. I yeah. think that's our job is to inspire people to find their way into our universe, not just tell them that this is the only way yeah. in our universe. And that right there is absolutely beautiful because mm-hmm. a lot of the time the idea, idea of you know just having it be on a fundamental level wine service you know there are so many appropriate steps of service to ensure enjoyment uh performance etc yep but it's like if if you don't leave the individual that is enjoying you know whatever you pour with them in the glass with that curiosity to keep that going then i mean have you done your job yeah like you didn't do your damn job and to have that your welcome mentality is crazy because i have worked with sommeliers in in the past to where they would hoard information and i'm just like i can read that same goddamn book okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean i really can and i probably did because it's part of my job so what are we doing that goes back to the whole thing of like leaving people underprepared so that you can like keep your place in the hierarchy and i think privilege y'all yeah it's privilege (laughs) and 
Yep. It's as soon as I realized that you're only making it better for yourself because if more people know what you know, you don't have to that. Well, no, I don't want to say work as hard, but like you don't have to worry when you're not present that it will be done. You know, mm -hmm. like it's not about us. It's about the information that we're putting out there right. and like literally opening up someone's knowledge of beverages also helps us in that they will be seeking out things that they wouldn't necessarily be doing on their own and right. put in that cash money in our pockets. Right. Well, I feel like that is a perfect segue into just some realities of some shit out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the I feel like the architecture the architecture of the wine world is extremely anchored in legacy and preservation mm -hmm. versus progress and there is a well-regarded organization that you know claims to support some of the best of the best within the wine community and it's it's disheartening and it's frustrating but also it's not surprising mm -hmm. to hear to hear news of intimidation sexual harassment mm -hmm. um potential racial bias i i think that wine specifically in the industry is like a closed sector because people see the brand and they see the performance they they will also go to a vineyard and you know vineyards are gorgeous the estates are absolutely gorgeous mm -hmm. but it is a laborious process mm -hmm. and and there's there's such a disconnect there you know and it's like how do we there's a lot to unpack there but like how do we start having having that conversation to where it's just like first and foremost fuck all that bullshit but then secondly start holding those accountable mm -hmm. for for that and there's been news of well-regarded sommeliers wanting to send back their pin to this organization mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is a step in the right direction i i feel because you want to distance distance yourself from that but also the wine world it's very white mm -hmm. it's v white and just for me going to trade shows and mm. people that I have spoken to, it's been very dismissive. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on perhaps any experiences or things that you have witnessed about racial bias in, like, within the wine world. Mm. How much time do we have again? I think we're. I think we got like thirty-one. Yeah, thirty-one hours. Yeah. Okay, we're at thirty-one hours. So hour yeah. number two, yeah. racial bias in the wine industry. Um, well, I think I think the bias, first of all, starts and comes from our society as a whole. So to say that it's not there in the first place, just you know, shows where we're at, and it shows yeah. how deep seated this bias is. So to say that it's not in our wine industry is also again another layer of this deep seated bias. Uh -huh. um, our our industry is about money, you know. It's and it's as with all. And, you know, when you walk in the room and you don't look like everybody else, the assumption is you don't have any money. Mm -hmm. And so the privilege of being able to taste 
to be able to have access, to be able to have the treatment and service that someone who potentially does have the money or is being seen as that has the money. Um, that's the reality. That's what we're fighting with. So yeah. um, were there experiences that I had where people looked at me differently and, you know, probably assumed that I didn't know what I was talking about? Absolutely. Even yeah. in my own restaurant, I had people asking me like, uh, could you send the sommelier over? Or, you know, there's no way that you could possibly even know this this wine. There, yeah. how, you can't possibly have told me that you've had this wine yeah. because it's $1,500. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, all right. So, yeah, great. Now we know where we are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you're in my house. Yeah. So just want to point that out. Right. Um, it's like you came here, so, yeah, madam. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, so there were many others, a few others that, inspired me to keep pushing for change but more importantly to be proud of being different in the industry um i know there's a lot that that had to struggle to get to where they were for the time that i saw them but i think um i know that we've heard and i've seen experiences where you know you go to a tasting a trade show and the winemaker doesn't tell you everything about the wine because they assume you no. Don't know enough or that you wouldn't be in a position to even buy the wine. So they just instantly kind of, you know, give you the short information or yeah. they focus you know, their attention elsewhere. They focus their attention to the person next to you because they're the ones that, you know, um, probably have a more opportunity to buy their wine. So, you know, those are those are obvious examples that have happened. Um, you know, I think um I'm sure there are many, many more. I mean, I've had a situation where I had a potential employer tell me after an interview that while I was clearly qualified for the job, they couldn't stand or believe in me being the face of their brand um, because of the way that I looked, frankly. That's bullshit. And this is a brand that heavily markets towards very wealthy African-American people. Um, You see (laughs) NBA players, NFL players. You know, that yeah, are celebrating yeah. this brand and this product. And I was being told by the brand director, you know, essentially that, well, we'll never let somebody with dreadlocks be the face of our brand. And, uh, as, excuse me. As someone that is sitting here with dreads right now, uh, plenty of brands hit up people with dreads. Right? Trust me. So that that <laughs> for me was a really tough uh, experience to, to, to have. And, um, but, you know, I can't let those things slow me down. I, I, what I What I hope is that, those brands see me now yeah. and be like, oh shit, we fucked up. Yeah. You know, oh, and, yeah. Um, as much as I want to put their name out on the street, it's also our job, I think, to pick folks up when they fall mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to to move on point. and to be greater. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, you know, yes, that was horrific and that was scarring and I will never forget that feeling of being told that. But at the same time, like, that's not disrespectful about the quality of the brand or the history behind it. Like, that's just one person's you know, little minute take on it. And when you think about a brand that's been around for centuries, like that one instance and that one person, yeah, that means nothing to me. And we're going to move on beyond them. And hopefully one day that brand will have somebody in a position to make a decision on a candidate like me or a candidate that's different. So yeah. I see that as an opportunity for me to make a difference in the industry by showing how it can be done. And more importantly, showing that we can do it better than y'all. Damn right. Flat out. I mean, I... Round gave, of applause. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I gave up a Let's whole go. major yeah. in college yeah. because of that, so wow. shout out to you for doing that. And that reminds me of the aesthetic of wine. So if I could rewind uh, just a, a brief moment to 
trade shows. Mm-hmm. First trade show I went to, you know, just feeling myself. I was like, oh, okay, like I'm up in we here. Are, here. You know, like we downtown now. <laughs> it's a nice afternoon. You got yep. cheeses and shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's and nice. it's free. It is free. It's free, y'all. And it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> so this is great. And I had on this dope cardigan and, you know, a pair of, uh, I think, like, slacks or whatever. And all all I know is that I ended up being pulled to the side from someone that I do know now. Just like, oh, yeah, you know, Justin, you're going to be going to these all the time. It's like, you have to look as if you're, like, running the shit. And it mm. does not does not matter who you are. It matters who they think you are. Yeah. And at that time, I was rising through the ranks within this Michelin world. And every single time I would show up in there, I'd have my little ascot, I'd have like my tailored blazer on. I seen you. And, I know, and you <laughs> felt me because I mean, I was out there. And, and my experience was wildly different from, from the first time. Yep. You know, there yep. are... I don't want to call them friends, but uh, certainly acquaintances that keep up with me now that, I mean, never would have looked my way on the first time that I saw them because I remember the first time I saw, I saw them. I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. Yes, you. Not you, but them who are mm-hmm. listening right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just that. I mean, and, 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 that's a, and that's a form. That's a that's a form of you know, just minimizing, you know. So. For sure. Yeah. And I noticed that right away when I started working on the floor is that I needed to have, I needed to have my armor. I needed to have yeah, my yeah. suit. Yeah. You know, I knew that every time I was on the floor and I was like, okay, I've got Tom Ford in my breast. Like, <laughs> yo, you want to talk about business right now? We're talking, you yeah, know, we're yeah. not, we're not messing around here. Yeah. And, um, I think it empowered me to, to feel confident about what I knew, but more importantly to confirm to the guests that, like they're here for the right discussion. You know, yeah. we're not talking about, you know, <laughs> Chilean Bernardo. We're talking about mm-hmm. Chateau Petrus. We're talking about Romani Conti. Like that's what we're talking about today. Oh shit. If you want you <laughs> want that other experience, there's another restaurant that we can go to. Exactly. No problem. Mm-hmm. But we're talking business tonight. Yeah. You know, we want Mont Roche. We're not talking Chassam Mont Roche. We're talking about Mont Roche. Like, I let's go. feel fancy by listening. Yes, Mont Roche. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, my whole thing is back of house life. Um I've always been told by white men that I have the confidence of a white man. Mm. And I (laughs) think that is how I have been able to make it through the industry Mm. is like people look at me and think that I'm not going to know the things that they're talking about Mm. or like literally I've worked where I'm like the chef on duty and they don't believe me when I say that this fish that looks like salmon is in fact ocean trout yep. and they ask for someone else to yep. come to and, go like, do and the tell thing. them the same thing yeah. that you just yep. told them. And yeah. so like, I think a lot of what it is being a person of color within the like finer aspects of the industry is trying to make a space for yourself but also like we're not doing it on purpose but we're breaking down stereotypes of what people think and that like passive work is still labor yeah you know it's exhausting yeah Yeah. 
Abs- absolutely. Constantly having exhausting. to know more than yeah. like people yeah. around you. Yeah. Well, Even, and that's yeah. That's what helped fuel my personal experience with within the wine world because as many different sommeliers that that I know they all look like they're in the same family. Yeah. Mm. Like mm. and to be able to hold conversations in those spaces obviously we're friends but i mean it's not just your club yeah yep. it's not just your cultural club here mm-hmm. and as a black gay man being able to talk to you about these different regions and these complexities and these histories of these different estates it kind of makes you tilt your head a little bit and be like oh well i guess they can retain the same information and mm. commit to the craft such mm-hmm. as I. Yep. And I'm like, well, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm just grateful to be here. I'm glad, but damn I, that. I'm glad I earned your, uh, your, your approval. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thank, thanks so much. You know, and round, round of applause on that. Like it's ridiculous. But so I just touched on it briefly, but you know, representation in, in the wine world. Now, what, what is it? I mean, I feel like it's virtually non-existent on a mainstream level. It's more so from an industry perspective. Mm. You know, like I know POCs in the wine world because I'm in the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, really. Yeah, I mean, I think there are always going to be gatekeepers in our industry, and a lot of those gatekeepers don't look like us. So that's another barrier that I'm trying to break down mm-hmm. is that, you know, if I can give access to my wine, my region, or to any other, you know, prestigious wine, that way I can encourage folks to feel more comfortable and welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and also at the same time, show that again like i said we can do it but we can also do it better than you because we're going to be much more authentic with our how we do it um and i think people gravitate towards authenticity yes yes and when you see the same thing over and over again it's homogenized Mm -hmm. um that for me could is like i'm changing the channel so i want to see something different i want to see something exciting um so let's show them um would you say that when you walk into a space do you already (laughs) curate that with the fact that you drip so hard yes and cheers air cheers to (laughs) what you just said and also cheers to this drip okay Mm. because Mm. your style is absolutely ridiculous and we're not going to talk about your style without including our wonderful producer max because Mm. we believe that it we believe that he just found his new style icon. Yes. A hundred percent. For those of you who want to take a journey with me, uh, go look up uh, some past uh, editors of Vogue. Yes. Uh, specifically, Andre Leontali, who is all over the place. I love it so much. But to paint a, paint a picture for our, our listeners, let's start with the, 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 the ground up. We got the uh, the pink beige Yeezys. Yes. Classic. We got the Ferrari sweatpants. Yes. Love it. Height. Uh, we've got a smoking jacket that's You're quilted. damn right. God Inside, damn right. outside. Incredible. Yes. Uh, 
what looks like a paisley pink and blue ascot. Oh, Versace. I didn't even Versace. Sorry, oh, sorry, oh. it's Versace. Versace. Uh, I don't know nothing about that. So, so we talking <laughs> business. Business. There we go. Uh, we've got what well, uh, fox? What is what is the the scarf? <laughs> yeah, this is this is actually a raccoon. Love oh, it. oh, love yes. it. Yes. Okay. It's All got right. it's got tassels. It's amazing. It's. The glasses. The eyewear oh, really the wraps eyewear. it all together yeah, it, for me. It is a <laughs> present. It is Beautiful. a mood. It is a moment. And we thank you for bringing all of them. Yeah, that. for real. <laughs> yes. I brought out my like my fancy um, loungewear. I wore for a today. color today. You did wear a color. I'm this in black color. all the time. All the time. <laughs> yes. all the time. But here I am knowing that I had to do something a little different, yeah. a little special. You know, I... I'm there. Again, but, just to but paint we're a picture, get there. Uh, the color Justin's wearing is beige. <laughs> yes, yes, well, thank you so very much for the clarification <laughs> that we did not ask for. But anyhow, <laughs> thank you so much. So to continue. Well, I mean, I guess, yes. I guess the point to touch on that, <laughs> mm-hmm. thank you for the shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I learned at an early age that people judge the fuck out of you how you look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to look at me because I look different than you, then you're going to really want to look deep. And I'm going to show you layers after layers and layers. Um, and that's going to give you a little glimpse into my world. Mm-hmm. And so if, you, you know, if you're going to force me to wear that suit, then I'm going to show you what fucking suit looks like. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's how I feel about, about fashion. It's another way for me to project my personality. And that's um, how we're doing it better than y'all. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so fun <laughs> to, to showcase things that I, I like and love and, it's just another like way for people to dive into like what I'm all about. And so I think for me, fashion is a way to be confident, but also expressive of who I am as an individual. And again, to encourage folks to go out there and do you. Um, yes, I'm, I'm wearing a fur on top of a smoking jacket. Like you can do that. Yes. Like you don't You're have to it. be me mm-hmm. to go do that. You can do it. Anyone can do it. Um, everyone needs to have a, one Versace robe at home at some point you need to have one and I know it may sound crazy Versace but if you're wake listening. up in the morning and make your coffee in a Versace robe and then call me the next day and tell oh, me that wasn't hot like, god just do damn it. it I know just thinking just about it, it and I'm again like, Versace if you're listening connect at terms of service dot media yeah we out here yes oh that's okay so my <laughs> joke my running joke about that is People will look at the things that I wear and they're like, you look like I allowed my three-year-old daughter to dress herself today. Shout out to Rick. He made that comment to me many a times. Um, But also my response to that is, yeah, but I look good in it. You know Mm -hmm. why? Because of the confidence and my number one like accessory, I always say, is my skin color. Because I can get away with wearing some shit. Yeah. Because it's like multifaceted, yep. you know, and people think that it's because of confidence, but it's because of my ancestors. Mm-hmm. Let them know. And the thing is, like a lot of when we talk about like ancestral work, we've been doing this for a lifetime. We've been cooking. We've been making beverages We've been being hospitable to those around us. We've built entire no questions villages mm-hmm. around like specific mm-hmm. foods, like mm-hmm. wine country. It's called that for a reason, like anywhere that there is wine, because entire towns would work 
in these vineyards and it would be like a collaborative work of like this is how we're going to make money here mm-hmm. and now it's like not as i don't want to say homey but it's not as familial as it used to be and i think that all aspects of the industry need to return to that like understanding yeah. that yes making money is cool but the people that make the product make the product better if yeah. they feel some sense of attachment or ownership to their craft and a lot of places don't have that anymore a lot of people don't have that yeah. anymore i will say a couple years ago i was in san francisco got invited up to a winery in napa and it was absolutely amazing because they focused on everything that you just mentioned yeah. and that was really surprising mm-hmm. and i just thought it was it was beautiful and it's <clears throat> not something that is uh within the budget shout out to vaquita web mm-hmm. yes. um <laughs> it it is something that i will always be mindful of because i'm just like that's the type of like that's what i want to support and mm-hmm. when we get there oh we go in there Yep, and and yep. they have and they have me. They have me for life. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think wanted to touch back on one of the things you said is like confidence. Um, why do I need so much confidence every day? Well, because every single day, as a person of color in this industry and in, in this world, mm-hmm. we are being tested every single time we interact with somebody. Mm-hmm. So that confidence is so important to be able to to have in our back pockets and we are battle hardened and tested in order to get to where we are. Um, and I think about them as so many folks that reached a certain point and then, you know, it was too much for them. So I can't let those situations happen any further. I will not let it happen and I'll show, um, how we can break through that. And hopefully that question or that needing for, um, you know, um, that need for approval, uh, at, at some point, we don't have to worry about it anymore, and mm-hmm. we can just be ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream, right? Yeah, yeah that's the dream. <laughs> I think I'm that here. That's the dream. Yes, I think I think that's where I'm at. Not by choice, more more a circumstance. Uh, I have no choice but to believe in myself. Uh, mm-hmm. My therapist has made that abundantly clear, and uh, I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to change the way that I look at the world because it's been very like glass half empty. I'm like, uh, there's not a whole lot of greatness going on. But what I've learned in the last year uh, specifically is that ain't nobody believing in you unless you believe in yourself. Mm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And um, even when I felt like I didn't believe in myself, y'all have been here to hype we got bitch you. up thank mm-hmm. you so much yes. and i think another part of like us moving forward in the industry is n- like building each other up you know um yeah. i think that that doesn't happen a lot because like we discussed earlier it's all about like how can i move forward mm-hmm. yeah. but i think we have to pay attention to the fact that instead of being gatekeepers we're like I, what is a you're like you're unifiers yeah you know um so. i was thinking more about the person at six flags that takes the like little ticket thing 
and the, lets you go into it. Oh, you the, just the like greeter. You, yeah, the greet. You just have to like welcome people. Yeah, you the, know, yeah, instead the of being like, nah, this isn't for us. Right. So I think, I think that one, you had an experience where you were pushed out of something that you loved. I went to school for art history initially, and literally had a professor tell me that I don't have the connections and I don't have mm-hmm. the community. And that, like, where I came from isn't going to be the best, like, foot footing to start with. And, like, being at the University of Vermont and hearing that, being the only person of color in a 150-person lecture for art history was, like, I already know that I'm on the outside, but then being in the smaller class with only 20 people and having him say that, and I cried in that class i cried in his office and he made me cry again when i had to get him to sign off on me dropping the class i like i took that energy and Mm. when i was presented with that same energy in the culinary world i that was the time where i was like nope i'm not gonna give up this other passion of mine because of someone else And I think that you're right. It is when you get to a point where you have to like push past what the world is telling you and you have to make a space for yourself. Unapologetically. Unapologetically. Mm -hmm. And I think that. No fucks given. Yeah. At all. (laughs) At all. And especially with like (laughs) my knowledge of wine growing and being able to like make dishes that I could then confidently say goes with this wine was like one of my top moments as a chef being like able to confidently be like, no, 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 no. You do not want a Pinot Grigio with this. I would say she is more of a Chardonnay, but like (laughs) I felt fancy doing that. Also introducing wine to like, people that I've dated has been like my number one thing because they're like I don't know nothing and I'm like I know everything (laughs) (laughs) you're like let me let me help you out here yeah that's Mm -hmm. a deal breaker for me you know um I got I gotta thankfully um my sugar mama lets me do my thing oh my god (laughs) hi um, Paige (laughs) you know for the longest time she was just so like just go do your wine thing and it was actually not until our honeymoon we did our honeymoon in Spain. She's amazing. And she let me schedule one winery visit the whole time we were there on our honeymoon. And I was like, fair. Okay, I get it. She'd never been to a winery before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not about to take over this trip that's about us <laughs> for the wine thing. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, we're going to be outside Barcelona. Like, I got to go to Pinetas. I got to go see some bubbles. And so I hit up um, Pepe Reventos. And uh, from Revento C. Blanc. And they welcomed me and Paige. And we spent like three hours there. And what was so amazing and incredible for me is that I see my partner asking all the questions. Mm-hmm. And like really diving into it. Like, whoa, this is so interesting. Like, why is it this way? And oh my God, I never knew this is how it's done. And I'm like, all right, here yep. is, here's the door. <laughs> yeah. you know, let's, mm-hmm. Now you just walk through it. Right. Um, yeah. So it's incredible to have the support of a partner that is not in the wine business, but also understands my passion, but is also like exploring her own, like, you know, passion in wine and um, understanding kind of why it works. But um, I think ultimately for me, it's like, 
it just shows that wine is an amazing connector. Mm -hmm. You yep. could not know anything about wine and then in one sip or two sips fall in love. And then now you're asking all these questions as to why, because you need to know why this is so good. Yeah. And I try to find that spark in each and every person that I meet. So that, cause I know it's there, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So there's a ton of people that like, Oh, I can never know anything about wine. Like, well, you know what? Let's, <laughs> let's mm -hmm. figure out a place to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like shout out to my mom when I was <clears throat> younger than I am now. Uh, you know, New Year's, New Year's Eve, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you want to have a taste of this wine? And I was like, sure. <laughs> gross. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was gross. But also, I... Uh, I've talked to my mom about this numerous times. It's one, I was inexperienced, but then two, remember the thing that like, it will never leave me, the thing that I hated the most about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So therefore, anytime that I have a wine described to me or I'm learning about a wine, I know what to pay attention to. And my mom, she, like, you know, she's not fancy. She's fancy. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, okay, Dolores, chill. But anyhow, <laughs> um, that was your wine trigger. Yeah, that was that was that was my my wine trigger, and you know, I I realized I don't like cheap shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. You know, and but also cheap shit isn't necessarily like the price point. Mm -hmm. It's in which it's stored. It's with it's within the way that it's served cutting corners mm -hmm. sloppy yeah like mm -hmm. stuff stuff like that things things that aren't you know produced with integrity yep and yep. produced with care and that ultimately is part of the wine service aspect of the industry mm -hmm. correct so it's again we should be only offering wines that fit a lot of those molds and i think that's right. why you know, having a wine shop or a restaurant that has someone that you connect with and I, you agree with their values can be so valuable for mm -hmm. the consumer. We mm -hmm. talked about how impossible it is for them to find and explore new things. Um, go and find a wine shop that's local that you really vi enjoy their energy. Go and find a restaurant that has the vibe and energy that you like as well and ask questions. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Really, that's really what we as professionals are hoping you do. Is yeah. just ask questions and give us an opportunity to share what we think. And yo, you don't need to agree with me. That's completely okay. Yeah. I want you to be able to learn what you agree on. Mm -hmm. And I want you to be able to feel more empowered to ask more questions, but also be like, yo, I, I like this because I had this. Do you right. have anything else like it? You yeah. Know, or um, do you have this? And I think that is ultimately what we're trying to create is that level of authenticity, integrity, and community all together. Yeah. It's a fit. It's me. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's fun. I love it. Absolutely. So I do I do want to circle back a little bit and return the conversation to some of the inequities within the wine wine sector specifically. And you know, just bring to light any sort of initiatives or causes that are you know, really committed to trying to like bridge, bridge that divide. And I will confidently say it just based off of my experience that the wine experience and the wine perspective 
is again extremely white it is extremely privileged and it is extremely protected mm-hmm. and and it's made it hard to kind of navigate it but i'm really inspired by those that do and i believe myself and everyone that's that's listening would love to know the things that are going on outside of the bottle and outside of the mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think when everything, you know, went down last summer, yeah. for me, it was a big reset of, like, I need to be more vocal. Um, right. It was like, yo, I can't let this shit keep going. Right. And I need to use my voice as a platform to help other people speak up. Because I'm in a position now, thankfully, where I know that our family owner and the winery and the whole team have my back 100%. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, they want me to be able to feel confident that I can share how I'm feeling and call it as I see it, frankly. Yeah. Um, because there is no, there is no, um, there is no wine future without us being inclusive at the table. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, so I can't leave this professional industry feeling like I didn't do my best or I didn't try my all to make more space at the table for others that didn't have a voice or were in a place where they didn't feel like they had the right to have a voice because I was there at one point, mm-hmm. you know, when I was young, I, I knew I was just kind of figuring it out. I didn't have the balls, I guess you could say to speak up, but also like we had all this overarching gatekeeper shit going on that said, yeah. no, you need to stay in your lane and you need to stay quiet and you need to do the things the way it's always been done, which is fine, but we're in a different place now. And I think what we've also seen is that the last 15 years of staying in your lane does not change a goddamn thing. No. That's right. And so if we don't speak up about things that need to be changed or more importantly, things that are happening behind closed doors, mm-hmm. no one is ever going to fucking know it. Yeah. So if, if I cannot stress any more than what I learned last year is that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I know others out there listening are not alone. And that my story is probably very fucking similar to your story. Yeah. And we can all agree that that shit should never, ever happen and does not deserve a place in our industry. So um, I've been very proud to connect with folks that I'd never met, but I've always wanted to meet in person. But we just were like, yo, I've always wanted to meet you. I'm sending you a note. Let's get on the phone and chat. Mm-hmm. or vice versa. Somebody would send me a DM and say, yo, I really love what you're doing. Um, would love to learn more about you. And... I would say absolutely. I'm going to make time. I'm going to make time to connect with you because yeah. honestly, at this point, that's the most important thing we can do is galvanize our community, make room for everybody, um, and 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 literally put all the business on the street. Yep. Because yeah. if this is public knowledge, this shit ain't happen ever again. Um, that's the way I see it. That's I'm going to say right yes. There. I'm going to yeah. say yes. My brain is like, mm-hmm, but no. I need to understand that like. The change happens from you making the decision to think differently and then acting on that. Mm -hmm. And I can't like be out here being like, no, be different, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm tired. Like, no. Like, and I know I've referenced this before. In 2016, when Beyonce became black, I too was like, shit, I am not someone from Trinidad. I am a black person because Mm -hmm. here... They're only seeing this, mm-hmm. they, you right. know, they're not like you're from this. Well, yeah. they do. There's a whole Beyonce thing of like black, black. Now. As soon as but, I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. from Trinidad. They're like, 
oh, you're so great at put in something that will be racist as soon as you finish a sentence. And it's like, no, we have to work together to create new spaces and narratives for everyone. And I can't do that if I'm like, mm, I'm not American. So right now I'm like, I'm finna be American as hell because I'm about to apply for my citizenship. Okay. So, Let's go. <sighs> you know, it's a safety thing. It's a safety thing. Because uh, you cannot be foreign here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Pouring of the bubbles. Yes. Like a professional or something. Yeah, we have done it a couple times. This is. I feel this like we should so let. This is so good. Can you can you do the please, honors? Like, tell us what if, we're drinking. Like the history. Like I mean, we've we've spoken one on one, but you know, yeah. Let's share it. So we're tasting today the Brut Reserve by Charles Heitzig. Um, we're a small um, producer historical house that is uh, French family owned. Um, started in 1851 by a gentleman, Charles Heitzig himself. And his vision was to show champagne in a light that's never been seen before. And more importantly, create a standard um, that most people wouldn't be daring enough to, to achieve. And that standard is aged wine. Mm -hmm. So what you have here is the balance of wine that's been in a tank for 10, 15 years, blended with a wine that was made from a year of harvest, from a recent year of harvest. So you have this depth, complexity, um, power of these aged reserve wines and then you have this vibrant you know pop and 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 pizzazz and, and lightning bolt of energy from a base vintage which is a current year you know more more recent year when we put those two together we add yeast in the bottle we add sugar in the bottle the byproduct there is carbon dioxide and we we let that process happen over many years so this bottle that we're having it took us four years with the yeast in the bottle to create the silky texture of bubbles. It's like velvet. You know that saying, what is this, velvet? I'm like, yeah, no, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's for real. Yeah. That's what we do at Charles. So Your voice sounded like velvet to me, but go <laughs> yeah. on. Yep, yep. I, I'm, I, have a, I have a thing for texture, you know, okay. and I think this wine for me is the ultimate sensual stimulus. It smells amazing, it looks amazing, and it feels good. So, yo, like, you know, that's that's what Charles is all about. That's what compels me to this wine every time I open a bottle. It, this is our flagship wine. About 80% every year is made of this. Um, this is the hardest wine for us to make because it takes so many years to make that age reserve wine in the blend. But at the same time, this is actually our most affordable wine. So you'll find this on the shelf for about $60, $65. So a wine that took 21 years to make for $65. Tell me I'm not out here with uh, something special in my pocket. Right? <laughs> I thought um, you were about to hit me with the old razzle-dazzle, but then you hit me with that affordability. Is, this is yep. like... That lifestyle. Yep. It's the culture in the glass, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because, mm -hmm. wow. Damn. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I mean, for me, champagne was my first love. When I started learning about wine, I had two champagnes one night. And I was so disappointed with the first one that I opened the second bottle. And after I finished that second bottle, which was delicious, I went back to the first one just to be nosy. And it was completely different. And it was incredible now. And I was like, wait, so champagne is like a wine? How is this possible? Uh, you know, right. so I think a lot yeah. of times the consumer thinks champagne is something different. No, this is just fermented grapes from the region of Champagne. Mm -hmm. We're about an hour outside of Paris. 
We sit on a chalk body deposit that, you know, from a millennia ago. So you have this chalky earthiness that the vines grow in. And that is really the, 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 the secret to our success is the climate, the soil, and the patience that it takes to make a wine like this. Hell yeah. Um, I'm looking at Naribo the whole time that you've been speaking. And I've just and been looking like, at you like... <laughs> It's Yo, I mean, amazing. I, why pe some people tell me that they don't like champagne is baffling to me. Agreed. It reminds me of like someone saying, I don't like Chardonnay. Well, you just haven't found the right Chardonnay. I, I challenge you. Right I, I challenge you to give me the right Chardonnay because I've been you. out here. It's called Mont Rocher. Wait. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. That's the, let's go. You know, not. I not mean, the, you could also not say to be like, like oh, all bougie and all that. But uh, yeah, that's the only Chardonnay I'll, I'll drink. So, I mean, I think, I think that's the beauty of wine is it is an ultimate barrier breaker. Mm -hmm. And we talked earlier about how I had to become that barrier breaker on my own with my identity and how I wanted to interact with consumers. But I had this, this special sauce, which is great wine. Great wine, I think, can defeat all, just like love, right? Yes. You know, right. it's one of those things that it... With it, the accoutrement of a great drip. Absolutely. So. It is. I feel like I'm being yeah. hit with the old razzle-dazzle like 9,000 times in this conversation. <laughs> or it could be like... It could be the bubbles. It could be, yeah, it could be Charles. <laughs> Yo, hey, Charles. I mean, I think I think what really, in, really is exciting is that, you know, just like art or cuisine or movie, cinema, you know, wine is a, a common thread that everyone, regardless of your background or your language, can identify with in some sort of way. So I love it. Oh. Uh, I know. Amazing. I just, if you just yeah. want to like ask your own questions and continue <laughs> talking, because yeah, I'm, I'm gonna learning ask you, so I'm gonna much. I'm going to ask you a question yeah. after you take a sip. What does this wine make you think of after you've taken a sip and you uh, let it like marinate for a bit? Okay. This is like my first thought. Yep. <sighs> Do you remember juicy juice in a can? Mm. Specifically the apple juicy juice. Okay. In a can, but like not the sweet parts of it, the tart part of it. That's mm. the that's like it's hitting uh uh, being seven in uh, Boston and playing with some random white kids that my aunt used to nanny for. I cannot and, rip you. No, I'm serious. <laughs> like, that is uh, what it is reminding me of. <laughs> and, and this is why it's so important to talk about wine right? because you learn so much about yourself mm -hmm. and the others learn so much about you yes. <laughs> just through a glass of wine. And yes. I'm over here thinking about Lake Como and like, you know, an Italian little like Riviera boat. And you're over here like, this is I a personal be memory. About some of that too. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I think, yeah. I think that's what's so fascinating is that we all will find different things in each and every sip. Yeah. And I love that because it's so personal. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. when somebody tells you, no, you're not right. You know they're full of shit. Right. Because that's not possible for there to be a right or a wrong answer. Right. It's personal. Right. There's no way you can tell me that I'm wrong when this is my feeling and this is right. my truth. Right. Yes. So thank you for taking us to that memory. That's so special. Thank you. Air cheers. Yep. Ah. Air cheers. Ah. Boom. Still in a Ponderosa. Mm. I would I would like to briefly touch upon uh 
you know, you've been in this industry for, for quite a bit of time and I'm, I'm interested to know, how do you balance, you know, being in, in the wine world with, you know, overall wellness, overall, just like Hell yeah. restriction in, in consumption. Mm-hmm. We, <clears throat> as we talked about briefly, we here at Terms of Service, we are not a sober platform, but we mm-hmm. are a sober forward platform. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. are very grateful for our spirit-free partners and also our spirited partners. And it's we always want to, you know, have that conversation or at least touch upon it about like, you know, alcohol abuse is is a real thing. Yep. Uh, we're not going into that right now, but specifically just the overall balance between your line of work and making sure that you're taking care of numero uno. You know, I, I remember hearing from a lot of my family being like, yo, like, are you, you, you good on this wine thing? Like, are you okay? Are you, you know, you know, I remember my grandma asking me, she'll don't, don't drink too much wine. Don't drink too much wine. And you know, I, I see this first and foremost, this all started from my parents. You know, wine was always on the table and I had respect for it because it was, something of great importance and mm-hmm. it took a lot of Beautiful. dedication to make it rather than just serving a purpose of you know getting me tipsy or getting me you know to what i needed to feel um so i think that is something that my parents instilled in me that was a level of privilege obviously that i got to explore um from a young age i also see it very much as a business you know this is this is a business of privilege i get to work with something that i adore and i respect so much mm-hmm. that i'm not out here to abuse it like there is a way to have that balance and there's a cool way to make it fun and exciting way more than the abuse side of it mm-hmm. and if we can, we can we can have fun and do it like smooth then like we're good but that balance i think is really important and i've seen so many people struggle with it um i've been really fortunate to not have to I think worry with some or, or have those challenges that other people have. Um, and at the same time, like I adore this, but you know, I think my wife always jokes, she's like, I've never seen you drunk. And while that's completely not true, um, <laughs> I, I, I take pride in the fact that like, I'm always in service. Like when mm-hmm. I have friends over, I'm always pouring them wine and then I'm pouring myself. And like, yes. I'm always making sure that they're taken care of first, whether we're out at the club or yeah. where you know, uh, you know, at, yeah. at home, like yeah, that's just hospitality mm. through and through yeah. that was built into my DNA yeah. um, by my parents. Yeah. yeah, and so I think I couldn't provide that level of service if I was fucked up. So yeah, I knew that I had to have a balance of it. Like, yes, did I ever have a cocktail on the job, or did I ever have a half glass of wine because that was really fucking good? Yes, absolutely. But yeah. I knew there was a limit. And more importantly, I knew the time and place to relax. And then more importantly, I was always driving too. Yeah. So like I yeah. knew right away that like I couldn't mess around with that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not possible, you know, for me. So to lose that privilege of transportation was like not acceptable. So I was never, I never really felt comfortable to put myself in that position. And I mean, after my very early 20s, I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like, you know, I'm just same. Yeah. You know, I, I respected yeah. it so much more. Um, uh, your dedication to the craft of it all is like super 
super inspiring and also really like commendable because it often is and can easily be a slippery slope mm -hmm. and i was going to ask about you know your self-care within within this space but it sounds like to me specifically that your self-care is like your your discipline and your dedication to what you're doing but i'm also gonna say like what is your number one self-care yeah. situation no we just like we're gonna talk about we're gonna that. talk about self-care yes. <laughs> um honestly it's been therapy i mean therapy has been eye-opening for me over the awesome. last two years Amazing. um mental health has something that i've just neglected for a long time we do and that heavy in this industry. Yes. Yo, I struggled with it all through high school and in college when all that shit popped off, you know, and it was never really addressed until mm -hmm. probably, you know, a few years ago. And um, it's been a it's been a lifesaver in many ways because I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about the challenges that I have to overcome on my own. Mm -hmm. And then more importantly, it, it, it helps me to understand the type of support that I need from my, you know, my close circle. Um, but there's always work to be done. I think, um, the previous generations of ours, I think never talked about anything. Right? No. Right. So Not it was always internalized. Mm -hmm. And while God that forbid if you challenge purpose, them on anything, it creates more problems. Uh, right. and we're mm -hmm. the product of those internalized yeah, that aren't think, actually um, talked about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so creates think, more problems think, that you don't talk about. Yeah. For, for me, it's, it's definitely the mental health is a huge first step. Mm -hmm. of me being i think um uh, a better version of myself yeah um i think i've always been very strict and very disciplined when it comes to you know substance uh and celebrating you know the balance but i will say that the final piece that i really struggle with is my physical health um this industry, this lifestyle takes a toll on you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I have, unfortunately, like, I don't put in the, the discipline aspect on the work that I should probably on my physical, you know, uh, strength. Yeah. And that's, some, that's a final barrier that I feel like I'm reaching towards. I know it's also a way that I kind of self-inflict a lot of the pain that I am still struggling with from my, you know, early adulthood and you know some of the things that i'm working through in therapy so um it's it's a it's a challenge for sure mm -hmm. but you know if i'm you know um that's that's something that i i, I have to keep pushing on yeah i um went to school for social work so all i do is think about mental health all the time and i realize that like in working in kitchens slash in the industry in general, people don't talk about that. Specifically, yeah. they don't talk about it if, like, they know that someone else is going to hear it. So I made it a point, like, once I started, like, moving up in the industry to always ask people about their mental health. Mm -hmm. And people used to be like, oh, like... Why are we talking about feelings and emotions? I'm like, we're not talking about feelings and emotions. We're talking about the fact that since you walked in here, no one has wanted to like approach you. And this right. is a prep team. Mm -hmm. right. And mm -hmm. like, so, you know, talking about our struggles at work has been a thing that we have pushed aside for a long time. But I and think- And acknowledging your struggles 
exactly at work is like a real real thing as well and so i always like made space for if you're not feeling like you can be here today you need to tell me because mm -hmm. all of the energy that you put into everything you do people can taste that shit yep. yeah yep. people can feel it it changes yeah. the vibe and the energy and like mental health days i wish someone told me that that was a thing that i could do because i was working like at mm. one point i would be mm. working 14 days straight between my first job and my side hustle yep yeah. and no one at michelin level restaurant job gave a shit about the fact that i had to do this other no. thing no and i think that if we humanize each other and we talk about like the things that we're feeling, people will one, feel less alone. And two, it sort of like builds a sense of camaraderie that we are more than just our jobs. Exactly. And that that just hit me right in the goddamn gut. God. Because I feel I feel like as black and brown people, we naturally have to have our guards up and having that humanizing dialogue, that humanizing conversation, or even that acknowledgement mm -hmm. in which, you know, you're sharing similar energy. It's, I mean, it's, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. You know? Oh, shit. And, uh, <laughs> I, I know. Like, I mean, and that's, and that's, that's why I bring it up because I'm I'm guilty of it because I'm just like, oh, okay, well, like I have to like handle all of that shit. Let mm. me like focus here and then let me go ahead and do that. And then it's just like, it takes a physical toll. And then it's just like, you're, you're having a phone call and you get like super aggravated. Speaking of which, I got an email a couple days ago in response to something that I'm working on. And it said that they were taking a mental health day, which was amazing to me mm -hmm. that was abs absolutely amazing but my so, therapist has taken two weeks off and i clapped that's amazing i was like i'll be fine yes <laughs> for sure and as we're as we're wrapping up here mm -hmm. i Philippe, is there any sort of like what would you say to those that are interested in this aspect of of the industry mm -hmm. you know like what would you like to close with that i mean i think i think this is my my motto going forward is be yourself, um, ask questions, and don't take no for an answer. <laughs> you know, I, goddamn right. It, it's it's there's room for everyone in, in this industry. Um, the people that put their blood, sweat, and tears into how these wines are made do not want you to be left behind. And I think of that because there are a lot of layers of gatekeepers, whether it's in sales or marketing or spaces that are gonna tell you that you're probably not welcome at some point. But at the end of the day, it's up to you and your community to basically look beyond that because mm -hmm. they're, they're just a blip on the radar. Yeah. And there is a community out there that does want you. There's a community out there that wants to celebrate you. And there's a community out there that will let you lead. Yeah. And, um, if I could do anything is to inspire others to keep pushing. Um, I'm going to push, but I know that there's going to be others out there that are, you know, smarter, stronger, and uh, more fun than I am. But oh, you're, we just, we just need to, fun. 
we need to give them a place to feel welcome, to want to stay in our industry mm -hmm. and yeah. to do great things. Um, that's the way I look at it. Find the joy. Awesome. To find Amazing. the joy. Amazing. I do have an extra credit question from you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and I believe it's coming from our producer, Max. How do you drip so damn hard, yeah. sir? <laughs> Just how do I drip how? so hard? How? Um, I, I think it goes we back to... We touched upon it, but, you know, just <laughs> it's still, just every time. It's just, I think it's about being, you know, taking the experiences that I had from my parents, from my family, for the ability to, to have, like, all of those in my Rolodex, and then be me. Mm -hmm. The yep. ability to be me and to be confident about me um, and, you know, not be apologetic about me being me, I think is really the ultimate drip and yes. that everyone yep. has, mm -hmm. right? It's just a matter of finding your drip or your version of your drip. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, have fun with it. That's what we, that's what we're here for. We're here to have fun. Yep. And My drip if, is if wine isn't land. fun, then we're doing something wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like this is a perfect place to end that. Thank you so much. How was your time? How did, how did you feel? I mean, I, this feels great. I think I think we still have thirty more hours to go. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know more, so, uh, more, so, more or less. Hour number so, three. You know, we can. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. We can. We can start from the top if you would like. Um, you know, but how do how do people find find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my name is Nixom. N i q u e s o m m. Um, you can find me there. I'm very active on it. I'll show you what I'm up to. You'll see pictures of my cat, probably. <gasps> um, you know, What's your cat's what, name? My uh, cat's name is Luna De La Vega. <gasps> um, Sorry. <laughs> she's she's uh, part of the Zorro family. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, she's a lover of champagne, uh, particularly vintage champagne. Love that. So you can find her on Instagram as well. Yeah. Luna underscore day underscore la underscore oh. Vega. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm based in Chicago, but you know, I, I travel when the time is right. Mm -hmm. I hope to find you all, you know, in, um, in Tr Trinidad, maybe with some champagne. Shit. I would love to do that. I've never been. Let's so do a think, dinner in um, Trinidad. Hey. I, I think we need to do a dinner in Trinidad. Yes. You know? yes. yes. Let's go. Yes. Right. Um, Absolutely. But thank you guys so much for creating this platform and for having me and, um, you know, having an open discussion about a topic that is often overlooked and mm -hmm. often forgotten about or never even told. So uh, thank you guys so much for the privilege of being here. Thank you for coming and thank blessing you. us, one, with your presence, two, your knowledge, and three, with your drip. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, so uh, it's it's the full checklist yes. of, over here. And I woke up like this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and naturally, I would love to, you know, thank Blind Barber Chicago for hosting this necessary conversation. Ashley also, Christine. Shout out to Ashley Christine of Garnet. And last but not least, Max, our producer, who is our guiding light. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I am Justin Arnett Graham. You can find me on What's Beco, W-H-A-T-S-B-E-C-O. And stay golden out there, my friends. It's uh, me, your girl, Nariba, and I'm out. You can find me at Ribaru um, on the gram. Let us know how you're feeling. Have a good one. <laughs>